then he just stopped. You mean he withdrew? I don't know. It's really hard to remember exactly. Try, Kelly. I know one thing he said. He said, don't worry, I didn't come. I can't forget that. He said, no little girl can ever make me come. No little girl can ever make me come. Jesus. Too bad we might have had some physical evidence. What? Maybe there's no physical evidence because nothing happened. You want my gut? There it is. I think she's acting. I think she set it up to be alone with him so that he could come on to her. She's upset because he didn't. Maybe she set it up that way. Maybe not. I mean, if you ask me, the guy never should have had her out there in the first place, period. Gloria, the line I have on this guy is done half the women in Blue Bay. That doesn't yeah, make right. him a rapist. What about asking her to take a polygraph? What about asking the Pope to take a piss test? This is Blue Bay, Gloria. You ask a Van Ryan to take a lie detector test and Tom Baxter will cut you off at the knees. What, are you afraid of Tom Baxter now? No, I'm what, are you afraid of Sandra Van okay. Ryan? end of discussion. You both know what to do. You start with his neighbors, his co-workers, you talk to Kelly's friends. You know what that'll mean for Lombardo. Yeah? And you heard the Van Ryan girl's statement. The guy's dirty. Bring me a case. Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host, Mike. And we are getting sexy this month, starting our trilogy off with the 1998 pulp thriller, Wild Things. Now, this is a film that I think is uh, very close to the hearts of uh, many, many males, uh, I think, around our age, because it came out, and it was it, it was very risque uh, around the time when I was starting to notice women and, and my body is changing, this film kind of came out and was very, very attractive. And I had just never bothered to <laughs> look past the few clips on online that uh, were <laughs> most important to me and many others, I think. But it took me this long to finally watch the film from start to finish. I had never seen it. What was uh, your experience with Wild Things? Did you, did you watch it early? I was on it uh, before its theatrical release. I think it was on, might have been the cover or just heavily featured. And Entertainment Weekly used to do those like summer movie previews, fall movie. And then you had the the real oddball one with like the junk of the year, which was like the spring <laughs> movie preview season, which, you know, there's especially in the 90s, we were not in the constant event movie every sort of month thing. 
So it was the genre fair, and so I want to say, at least in my teenage skewed lens, that this was like the cover feature was Wild Things, because I remember being slightly spoiled slash heavily marketed to that I knew a threesome was coming, because it was mentioned (laughs) quite a bit in that article. And so, yes, at that time, I would have been 15, so I'm right in the wheelhouse for Denise Richards and Nev Campbell. Uh, not so much uh, Matt Dillon, but I'm like, it's it's fine. I guess you have to have someone that's conducting the threesome, so be it, whatever. So I was aware of it, however, not having any real, you know, driving or buying power. I'm at the whims of my parents, and I certainly did not want to have this experience ruined by watching it with my parents. So it needed to be <laughs> facilitated in a way that I could be dropped off to watch this. Which did happen, but it didn't happen, Web, until I was playing at the dollar movies. So there was some time, uh, some gap where I'm just anticipating this threesome. And here's where, you know, God laughs at my uh, horny plans. We're watching it in this, you know, not so nice theater, uh, since it's it's the uh, dollar movies. And we get right to the moment. And when I say we, it's me and my younger brother who probably looked at me like a god that I had made this happen for him because he would have been 13 at the time. We get right to the threesome uh, sequence. Matt Dillon, fine. You know, we're all we're all along for the ride. And it was storming. And it ended up knocking out the power right as uh, Matt Dillon's like, all right, I guess we can spend one more night together before we have to separate. Oh, no! The power went out in the theater and they had to refund our money and they could not get the film back up and so i <laughs> had the awful experience as a teenager seeing everything up to <laughs> some scene and then i had to wait <laughs> until video <laughs> to, to finish the movie uh i don't think that kids now appreciate the uh the windowing the release schedule of those days nor the fact that you still had to have a parent or someone at some point to get you a physical object to either go see the movie or to acquire it at the local video store. So this movie is legendary in my mind as far as <laughs> getting right up to that point <laughs> of, you know, erotic pleasure, at least on the silver screen, and then having it taken away from me. Certainly. There were there were films that were PG-13, like rom-coms, uh, in the trailers, there would be more risque footage that never made it into the final cut. And so I was bamboozled uh, uh, several times, I, I, I want to say. Uh, once in particular, it was a Jason Biggs movie. I think it was Loser. Uh, I don't remember exactly which one, but there was one where I remember the trailer. In the trailer, there's a scene where he's surrounded by two or three women, and... I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I didn't realize that Jason Biggs would never be in like a threesome or foursome scene. <laughs> <laughs> didn't realize it, but it was such a uh, exciting notion that I was like, I got to go see this fucking movie. Didn't understand the concept of PG-13, I guess, at the time or for whatever reason. But yeah, uh, no, none of that happened. Now, this this film is very much pulpy trash cinema. And I, I enjoyed a lot of the twists and turns. How the thing is... It's not as compellingly directed as it should be. Uh, there's kind of a flatness to all the machinations that occur, uh, and there's plenty of them, and there's and that's kind of the fun of it. Uh, uh, but so much of it always happens in these exposition dumps. Uh, the character of Susie, the entire motivation of uh, the, the, the puppet master behind all this, 
it's all explained by different characters. It's so... You don't like having the uh, older lady at the uh, alligator farm? You're like, yep, yeah, that girl always had a doubt for him. Let me, t- <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back and right. tell you about this incident. <laughs> and so it leads me to think that, like, wow, does it... Is this film ultimately... Does it become self-parody at one point? I think as an audience, we're so constantly looking for a film to surprise us and take us somewhere where we've never been, keep us on the edge of our seats and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, it's like I, I, anytime I watch Psycho for the first time with someone who hasn't seen it, their reaction's always underwhelming. Like, oh, yeah, I saw that coming. It's like, yeah, but that's not what it's about. So we're con- I feel like a mainstream audience is always looking to be shocked and to be... Uh, genuinely taken aback by what they've seen this film does a lot of it does it do too much of it to the point where like oh you think you know where it's going and it's constantly just turning into something else uh, while i i did enjoy it did it feel like it got ridiculous at one point i think the very premise is uh fairly ridiculous uh i mean maybe it's a classic scenario where so the character of kelly is the rich girl um and I mean, I guess we're we're saying this is all out spoilers. If you want to have a discussion of wild things, you can enjoy the first half hour, I I guess, before um you know the the twists start coming in pretty hot and heavy. But her character, um, the way it's framed, uh, in this, you know, this it's just a Mexican standoff, I guess, of, of betrayal amongst all of them. Is that I, I suppose she's the most honest character because she is set up by pretty much everyone else. But her role is to be the sort of idiot rich girl that was dismissed by her crush of the high school guidance counselor. So she gets to look like an idiot publicly, but she also looks like an idiot (laughs) to the criminals here because it's ultimately revealed that, you know, what is her motivation? She's already rich. She's already got a great life. She doesn't get this money until her you know, mom dies or whatever. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't get what's been passed down the, the sort of family legacy. Okay. Um, you have to make that leap in logic. That's like, so you want to face prosecution. You want to <laughs> ultimately be murdered. I guess she's the saddest character web because she does all of this just because she likes having sex with Matt Dillon. She just wants to keep doing it. So when he, he tells her, Hey, this is what we got to do. And one of the little postscripts, you see Nev Campbell, she has framed the, the well, not framed, but she's framing them to commit another crime because she has pictures of this, you know, educator and a student having sex. So I guess Denise Richards is just forced to do it if she wants to keep getting that hot Dylan action, which is, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. Should I feel this much sympathy for Denise Richards? But it's almost like all the other criminals are having some element of fun kevin bacon matt Dillon, neff campbell because they know ultimately that they're going to betray or attempt to betray the other ones denise richards is just the the dumb sex pot i don't know if i like that web i enjoyed watching it but i don't really like feeling sympathetic to her I think there's a similar problem with Nev Campbell's character, Susie. She's this super genius, apparently, you know, IQ off the charts. And she puts this entire plot together to screw all these individuals. I don't know if she meant for so many of them to die or not, but she's so smart. How about you join the Math Olympiad and find a different way out of oh, this, like, go. Florida Call swamp? Call back to her. A Simple Plan episode where Webb says, why don't you just try working for a living? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sure if she's so brilliant, 
uh, she can find herself into a scholarship and get the hell out of here. But she really just needs to get revenge for her friend that was murdered. But, you know, living a good life is the best revenge, isn't it? Well, I'm going to say also maybe she just wanted to have sex with Denise Richards. Maybe along the way. She's like, <laughs> I'd like to make that happen. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think the two are mutually exhausted. I think you can do both. <laughs> but, so yeah, yeah there was a little bit of that. I felt bad for being sympathetic to the little rich girl. I'm going to posit she would never have sex with white trash Nev Campbell, which is odd. It's an odd fit. I don't know if Nev Campbell, I think she's the weak link performance wise in this, but I just don't think she, I just don't think she has white trash in her. I just, I just don't see it. (laughs) No. Um, However, Denise Richards character of Kelly, maybe she wouldn't even think, even if she does have, uh, some tendencies to go the other way. I think she would have looked at that as somewhat beneath her. I think that's an honest reaction. But Matt Dillon has coerced, <laughs> coerced her into a threesome. Then she's like, damn, this fucking girl from Scream's going to ruin everything. I guess I have to fuck her just to keep her mouth shut. <laughs> like, really, Denise Richards, I guess it's very meta. She is like just used as a physical tool for other, other men. And I guess in this case, Nev Campbell as well. I don't know. You know what? This film is very complex. I normally hate rich people and the characters, and now here I am feeling sympathetic again. Good for you, auteur behind Henry, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Like You've come a long way. <laughs> you know, you just got me thinking. I think Denise Richards could do that white trash role really, really well. Mm, yeah, uh, even with her yeah. limited like acting ability, I think. And so if you switch the two uh, actresses in these roles, I think it might have worked out just a little bit better but I I don't know how uh, open Nev Campbell was to having as much nudity in the film as as there is. Yeah, I was very very disappointed in her as a teenager that you just <laughs> you see her bare back. But I wasn't going to ask for everything. This is this is pre broadband internet, so I'm like, well, all right, all right, fine, I'll, I'll take whatever. This this is fine. Uh, it is bold and kind of shocking to see this film in 2022 because. Uh, you know, rape is always a controversial subject, and the film really leans into it. It uses almost flippantly to tell this, like, sordid story uh, without any regard to people who may have been actually affected by the traumas of it. Uh, it's it's refreshing on one hand to see a film kind of go for broke and have no regard. But I did have to take a step back to acknowledge that this was taboo, despite how much enjoyment I got out of uh, all of the sleaze. So I, I I feel like you can't get away with this kind of a movie today, the way that they just go from one controversial aspect of, of the, the either if it's a teacher-student relationship or uh, accusing somebody of rape, making like it's 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 quite shocking. Uh, did you feel bad about any of it about enjoying kind of the thrills of this film? Oh no. Nope, not at all. I mean, look, it's <laughs> we're, we have another film coming up this month that I guess is going to be the more modern version of of trash. And I I say this knowing full well, I am I am an old decrepit white man, <laughs> and I have no fear that when we get to the third act this month of our trilogy, I'm gonna be like, I don't understand <laughs> any of this. But wild right. things, it's just it's just in my core being to respond to this. Like the caveman that I am, I, the stimuli is right there. I understand it. I get it. I will say that there were, you know, there's there's one element in particular that apparently was in the script. And I guess was 
somewhat filmed, though I doubt to the extent that was in the original uh, draft, that Kevin Bacon and Matt Dillon have an interlude late in the film, originally in the script. So even they were having a physical relationship. And oh. the, yeah, the financial backers are like, whoa, 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 come on now. <laughs> this is, is going to be marketed to teenage boys. And it's going to be, you know, we shout them out all the time. There's a great bit from one of the evening with Kevin Smith's where uh, I think he was kind of taking a task, kind of kind of what you're doing here a little bit, saying uh, you had a, uh, a young uh, lesbian college student that's saying, hey, you know, you put it out there all this material like specifically with chasing amy and some of your other work where you have uh gay characters and with chasing amy specifically don't you think that having the characters constantly espoused that all she really needs is some deep dicking and ben affleck which i understand the latter i'm like hold on now that's not a bad point <laughs> <laughs> to, to come over to the straight side of things uh basically do you think that even though you're making these sort of throwaway comments do you think that's what's being taken from your audience of mostly young men? Are they hearing that said facetiously or are they taking that literally? And, you know, Kevin Smith, he sort of was like, eh, well, you know, I hope that, you know, some of the, the message uh, gets through. And he told a story about um, the character of, of Banky uh, being revealed to be in a gay relationship by the end of Jane Silent Bob. And that one of his fans in like a test screening was very upset about this because he was like, Hey, I'm, you know, I've always thought I'm just like this, this character. I'm just like him. I love comic books. And, uh, what did he say? I, I wouldn't fuck, oh God, like the girl from now to no Shannon Doherty either. I'm just like this Jason Lee guy. So what's Kevin Smith doing to me? If he's saying he's, he's gay, you know, what, what does that mean about me? And Kevin Smith in the back of the screening room yelled, It means you're fucking gay. <laughs> So, you know, the film Wild <laughs> Things is rated R. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that's the game that the producers and the financial backers have to play. Where it's like we're marketing it towards teens, but we have to make it rated R. So, presumably, because it's made for adults, they can look at this film critically and understand that uh, it's meant to be trash cinema. It's meant to kind of poke. Uh, fun and and be able to talk about these things openly and it's all for kind of a laugh and, and for fun and not take it seriously but i'm saying have everyone have sex with everyone i think yeah even as a 15 year old i would have been like well i didn't see that coming but man these people just love to fuck like whatever like, whatever <laughs> whoever's around would have been fantastic with me it could have gone further and if they had done that, it may have refuted your point of being almost entirely sort of the straight male gaze that we can step back and, and look at this. And, we, you know, do you really care what happens to any of the characters? I don't think so. I think you just want to see stuff happen to them or, you know, see one of them do something to the other, which is me saying, raising my hand. I wouldn't mind seeing Kevin Bacon fuck Matt Dillon. Would have been, <laughs> been fine with me. For a half a second, when it's revealed and they go, they uh, what's it? Matt Dillon walks into the shower. I was ready for it. For half, I was like, "Oh my god!" If wild <laughs> things goes this, but you know what? It's like uh, the the film has been around for a long time. I feel like I would have known about, about a gay that. sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, for, yeah, for half a second, I was like, "Oh my god!" They're going there. This is this is insane and and glorious. But no, they did not. 
But I do want to close with talking about some of the sex scenes. And what's a good trash cinema film without some sleazy sex scenes in it? I don't want to say I'm an expert or anything, but I mm. feel like there should be a rhythm to a sex scene that uh, makes them a little more enjoyable, makes them passionate, sexy. Uh, again, the one film I always uh, think back to when I think like uh, eroticism is out of sight. That's I think Soderbergh. That's the exact one yeah. I was thinking. He does such a good job building the uh, Clooney and Lopez characters. And again, that, God, that scene where the two of them have that drink and share that one night. It's not even like a uh, – a, a lo- it's not a long sex scene. There's little to no nudity there. And it, it's even directed with some panache where uh, he kind of – the music kind of continues and he stops the scene because it pauses uh, – uh, mid-sex and kind of continue it's very very cinematic lasts uh, gosh not i would if i say 10 seconds I, I, it's a very short scene it depends on if you count the seduction element of their conversation yes yes and that's the money that's the stuff that makes any of the physical activity mean something and so it left a a definite imprint on me on my soul very steamy very even after it, they have a great little character moment as well, uh, the, the morning after. Uh, the Specialist has kind of a decent sex scene. That's one uh, early on in my <laughs> cinematic I've never seen that journey. One. Is that Stallone and Sharon Stone? It, it's not a good movie. It is Sharon Stone. It's okay. Sylvester Stallone. Um, it's like, I didn't think that would really work as an adult. I had to go back and, uh, you know, study mm-hmm. the scene mm-hmm. just so I could <laughs> talk about it. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of well done. Wild things, the sex scenes here, they have a pretty decent setup. They have, uh, the, they lead up to it really, really well. And then they kind of stop as soon as the sex scene begins to gain some momentum, fade to black. And you're left, for the lack of a better term, with <laughs> blue balls. Like, there's no satisfaction. And and for whatever reason, that really left me feeling kind of frustrated. Uh, and also, we're robbed of a sex scene between uh, Daphne Rubin Vega, the, the detective, and uh, Matt the best Dillon. character. The best character because she's the one telling her partner, Kevin Bacon, um, yeah, let's not do that because that's, that's dumb. Like, that's overstepping and... Uh, clearly, uh, Denise Richards is lying. <laughs> like we, we know for a fact, none of this happened. Like she calls the shot every time. And then she's the one ultimately that, you know, figures it out because she goes back and she visits with Nev Campbell's family. And I love her reaction. Just like, man, fuck these people. Eh. <laughs> like <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they basically let the animals eat each other. I'm out of this. I, I, I love how in the, you know, the rest of these characters are playing it big and broad and they don't really seem like real people. I'm saying that for all of our four principal players, she plays it with uh, a sense. She grounds the material in a way that I don't know if it really deserves or if they want to go that direction, but I love having her as the voice of reason. That's just like, whatever. And in that regard, maybe that's why her and Matt Dillon, don't hook up because I don't know if I want her embroiled in this this nonsense. <laughs> I, this is the one time I'm saying that could hold be. back on the sex scene. I, I mean, I, it's funny to w- where the line is for this film. It's like, well, let's not cross that. But you're right; it could be a character decision. Um, uh, from uh, on the other side, I'm like, well, it's like we we've gone and and crossed all these different barriers. 
It's just, it's funny to me, like, no, no, we can't do the police sleeping with somebody involved in the case. I just thought that was interesting. And to go back to your sex scene point for Out of Sight, you know, watching this, those these came out in the same year, 98. Oh, um, wow. Out of Sight, I mean, obviously I didn't know this at the time. I can out myself that at, at 15 I had not yet uh, participated in this this activity. I wanted to desperately, but I. Oh you know, sure, you were. Yeah. I would. I would not have known what I was doing if presented with a champagne bottle and two two young ladies. <laughs> right. On that note, though, what you're watching in Wild Things with the threesome scene in particular, um, is just you're. They're just showing titillation. They're not showing like sex between two adults, and so that's that's their aim. That's fine, but watching out of sight, even though I wouldn't have known it that summer, because uh, I watched that one theatrically too, in an empty fucking theater with my brother, which is sad to think back on, the out of sight. <laughs> no one gave a shit. Um, that felt more like what sex would be. This The the back and forth and the exchange and the sort of the build up. And then you even said the morning after, the, the possible like awkward behavior between two people who have done this thing together. Whereas, yeah, it's it's all fade outs and wild things. It's all, we're presenting you Hot naked bodies, but no sex, really. We're just presenting you the idea of nude flesh, and you do with that what you, what you want, horny teenage boy. And I was like, I, I can do that. I, can, I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I can take that from here. Uh, I went ahead, and uh, I, I'm so committed to this podcast. I'm so committed, I decided to go ahead and look into the sequels to Wild Things, because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, that they're sequels. Wild Things 2, oh, by the way, they're all directed DVD. Um, John McNaughton does not come back uh, to lend his uh, visual flair to uh, the sequel. So Wild Things 2, the sex scenes are terrible. Uh, it's it's just, uh, I mean, I don't want to say just as bad because at least in Wild Things we have uh, a level uh, a talent involved in them. Uh, Wild Things 3, uh, not it's not called Wild Things 3, but it's called Diamonds in the Rough. Also, another terrible scene. Um, and then... Wait, did you watch these in full or did you... No! No, okay. no, no. I, I specifically focus on the more intimate <laughs> aspects okay, gotcha. of the <laughs> films. And then Wild Things, the fourth one is called Foursome. And I'm like, oh, it's going to take it up a notch. It's going to take it up a notch. And it does! And sadly, it's still uh, three women, and still one the one guy. Say, so did we finally get the? Nope, didn't get the the bacon Dylan heirs to come in no. and do. Okay, and they really lean into like the Skinamax aspect of uh, the the I guess the scene where you do have a character being like, "How about I join?" And you know stuff like that. And I'm like, <laughs> oh god! Like I know this is the fourth film in a franchise, most of which have gone directly to video, but I'd like a little more effort with the script. I loved. Whomever this this character is with presumably breast implants to just come off the top rope like a wrestling match, just just <laughs> jumping into the fray. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm very happy that we got to uh, enjoy Wild Things. I did pick up a physical copy. It has like three commentaries. I didn't get to go is this through the them. Arrow release that that just came out. It, okay. It is yeah. So uh, I, I'm very excited to kind of dig into the special features. I did see. 
uh, an interview, a recent interview with Denise Richards, and and she uh, absolutely loved being part of the film. And I, I think she had just come off Starship Troopers or, or was going into it, and there was a little bit of nudity there, too. So I think she was very much aware that uh, she was uh, priming up to be kind of the next sex symbol. And while her, I don't think her career was as uh, as dynamic as maybe it, it could have been, but I'm still very happy to see her in these uh, these films. And, and when it comes to Pulp, trashy sleazy cinema i think wild things uh, uh is a very very solid home run it's weird john mcnaughton's career uh, you know henry portrait of a serial killer in the the mid 80s i guess late 80s when it was released is you know seen as this like seminal achievement very controversial at the time but yeah, I, I looked i was like so what did he do um you know he had some some misses in between but at least he's working with big names like bill murray uma thurman uh, mad dog glory um, immediately after Wild Things, which was a hit at the time, so it's like, all right, you think he's gonna be back, back on on top? Um, goes on to do something called Speaking of Sex, which came out in two thousand one. Looks like Bill Murray comes back in, even though he's not one of the top listed members. He's front and center on the poster. And James Spader, a female marriage counselor and a male depression expert, try to solve the marital problems of a troubled couple. Never heard of this. Uh, although I am skipping over, he has a credit immediately after Wild Things. That's Wild Things scenes from the cutting room floor are short, and I'm like, <laughs> is that just more <laughs> sex footage? Like, <laughs> what was that? When was that released? <laughs> I mean, he's got stuff on Wikipedia here, like condo painting expert witness. They don't even have Wikipedia entries; they're red. I can't even click into them. So yeah, it's odd. Uh, and you know what? I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. I hate to say that, but I don't think that Wild Things succeeds in its mission because of what John McNaughton brought to it. I think there's a lot of other things going it's here Richards, that are very compelling. That's what you're saying. She's more the auteur of Wild Things than John McNaughton. 